This is a Lip Media Podcast. Hello, welcome back to another episode of All Bases Covered, the podcast helping you navigate the beauty industry and cut through the bullshit. Hello, how are you? Very stressed. (laughs) How much have you sweat in the last five minutes whilst we've planned this out? I'm so clammy. I've been thinking about this all yesterday, all today, not enough to actually be prepared enough. But yeah, I'm very excited to discuss these things, but also very stressed that I'm not going to come off like an expert. Yeah, it's going to be tough because if we've got real Survivor, hardcore Survivor fans listening to this, we should caveat this by saying this is going to be what, 25, 30 minutes? We are not going to do 40 seasons of the show justice. There's no way. No. And I've been messaging Brenton frantically about it today and he said, if you do an episode two, I'll join you. Great. And Adrian can join too, even though he has just as little experience as I do, but you know, more banter. Yeah. (laughs) So the structure of this episode, I am thinking will be based on the most recent tribal council from season 40, which is where they asked the finalists, how have you outwit, outplayed and outlasted, which is just the ethos of Survivor. Yeah. Isn't that what they ask every tribal council? Yes, I think it is, but I couldn't remember because I've been watching as Australian Survivor recently. Scandalous. Yeah. Oh, my God. I've actually uh, got, um, like, smelly armpits. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sweating. It's so weird. So um, with that being said, I do have a couple of questions that I'd like to throw at you, but I think I'll throw them to you at the end. But do we want to quickly discuss Season 40 because it's just ended and we Absolutely. haven't had an opportunity to talk about it together? Absolutely. Who did you want to win going in in the final episode? Oh, going into the final episode, I oh, I really wanted Natalie to win, but that's because I like an underdog and I also liked the, the way that she spoke. Oh, well, I mean, that wasn't going in. I think that she, her deliverance at the final Tribal Council was really great. Like she was able to convince everybody that in a really great way that she deserved to win, I thought. But what, what did you think? Going in in that last episode, I actually wanted uh, Sarah to win. Did you? Yeah. I love Sarah. She's one of my favorite players. I was I was like, mm, Sarah and Tony, like they're classics. They probably both deserve yeah. to win. I yep. absolutely saw the story of Natalie and I was like, she outlasted. Mm-hmm. Like she really did. Like her strength, mental and physical, was amazing. But yeah. I am a bit of an original Survivor fan in that I'm not a huge lover of the whole, um, what was it even called, that island? Uh, exile. Or was it Redemption? No, I can't remember. Yeah, it's Redemption. Exile is old. I know oh, it was Edge of Extinction. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So I, I felt that Natalie didn't outwit in the same way that the others did because she didn't have to participate in the strategic gameplay and the tribal councils of what everybody else had to go through so realistically she wasn't given a fair opportunity to outwit outplay and outlast only to outplay and outlast (laughs) but then she also had all of that time on the island to get all of the jury on her side so she sort of was at an Mm. absolute disadvantage and also an absolute advantage and I don't know if she did well enough to get those people from the jury on her side because in the end, she didn't win the jury votes, even though she That's a really good had point. one on time. 
And Parvati did say to her, I liked that you were unapologetically yourself in that people didn't necessarily have to like you or agree with you, but you still played a good game. And I think, yeah, that was possibly her undoing. Had she have been a nicer person, but still been as resilient as she was, maybe she would have done better. Yeah. I remember in her initial season, I didn't really like her that much, but I was sort of grew to like her and respect her. And I think that she's just that Mm. she's not overly likable Mm. because she's not, you know, friendly and bubbly and cute. And she doesn't have that real character identity like mm-hmm. some of the other contestants. But you can really respect her gameplay, I think, and her strength. For sure. I, I think that she does have a fair level of personality about her. I vibe with her. She does, just, but not when you compare her. Yeah. I think the same can be said, though, for someone like Michelle, who I think had a, de- a very decent game, but who's – Strategy always seems to be attributed to other people. Yeah. She's definitely the type of player who people don't necessarily see the moves that she's making because she's not overtly making them. Yeah. And the fact that she was on the, she sort of did a really good move at the start and then was on the bottom for a very long time and managed to clutch and like, I think she won two clutch eliminations or challenges Mm. and I don't know, flip, you know, flipped and moved at the right times and everyone said that she didn't deserve it when she won, which, like, if she didn't deserve it, why would she win yeah. the, vo- the votes, you know? I totally um, agree. And I think that I still think that there is a level of strategy in playing on the bottom, like she said, the whole time and still managing to get to the final three. She wasn't playing on the bottom and being pulled through as dead weight where everyone was like, oh, we'll take her to the end because no one's ever going to vote for her. Mm. She was playing on the bottom because people knew that she was playing a good social game and wanted to vote her out. But then at the last minute, she was able to sway it so that somebody else went in her place just for that week and then just for the next week. And then Mm -hmm. she managed to win two great immunity chat like immunity advantages that got her you know immunity for for a couple of tribal councils where she probably would have gone home so I don't know I still think she played a great game and I do think she deserved a vote at the end I I was a bit shattered for her that she didn't get one yeah I agree um apparently there was talks of I just read an article that people were talking from on the jury about how Natalie's game was so strong and that there was a couple of people like Wendell and a couple of other people that were thinking of voting for Michelle, who then ended up voting for Tony because they were worried that people would vote for Natalie and pip Tony at the end. So a lot oh. of the people that were potentially Michelle voters became Tony voters because they were like, he deserves to win. And they were probably just giving her a token second place, but oh, they shit. didn't want yeah. to. So, yeah. Oh, I mean, oh, that still sucks for Michelle, but. Yeah. Um I now, did want okay. I did want to touch on the fact that before we move off this, obviously we've talked for seven minutes about this and haven't even touched on the fact that season forty was winners at war. It was every not every person who's ever won a season of Survivor. There were some people, sadly, who were missed. Well duh, there's not 40, season forty there's not forty people for the tribes and there's been uh, but some people have won twice, but still. Won twice, yeah. yeah. But anyway, there were some people that were missed out on, which was a little bit devastating. But the biggest twist of this season was that they brought in the economy of trade in the form of money. Mm. And I thought, I listened to Jeff Probst do an inst- interview on this. I think it was to E! News. And he was like, in every economy in, you know, in the land of time, things have 
progressed through the introduction of a money system. And so that is the natural progression of Survivor as well. Like they've played as much as they can play without introducing money. And now it was the logical time to introduce money with the people who've played before without it. And I was like, oh, it's so good when you hear it that way. Yeah, that's that's amazing because I wasn't sure how I felt about the fire tokens because it's for a long time in the middle there, they felt redundant and it just felt like Natalie was accruing all of these tokens that were Mm. doing nothing. But then they really did end up, you know, I appreciate giving her an advantage. I don't know if I appreciate the whole what's the island again? I will never remember what it's called. But I don't know if I appreciate Edge of Extinction. Yeah, I don't know if I appreciate that so much. I found it strange that strange and great in that they were all there from the beginning to the end so that all of the people who got sent to Edge of Extinction got the opportunity to like still exist within the game and all be jury members, which I think did the fact that they were all old players justice. Yeah. Uh but I found it interesting that A, Sandra left and B, that there weren't more opportunities to come back into the game when they played so hard for so long, like the players like Natalie on on Edge of Extinction. I thought there would be more chances to get back in or to really screw things up with some of the challenges that, yeah, you're right, didn't they didn't seem to get a lot of play. 100%. Um, I think that um, Natalie, oh, the final um, redemption, like, battle should have been done Mm. a little bit earlier so that Natalie had to um, survive more actual tribal councils. I agree. I think that she, the cards played really luckily in her favour and and had she had one more week, there's no way she would have made it to the end, I don't think. Yeah, I think so. I was also quite touched in that moment where she gave Tyson the Oh, the idol. That was so nice. That's right. Yeah. Um, Loved that. And there was something else I was going to discuss about those. I don't know. Can we discuss going back to who I have a soft spot for? And I'm not sad that she left, but Sarah. Sarah and Mm. what is that guy in the cowboy hat's name? Oh. I literally haven't known his name the entire season and it's. Was it Ben? Yeah, Ben. Thank you. Um, I got Ben and Nick confused for the entire season and I don't know why. Oh my goodness! How could you? Nick is so gross and slimy, and I don't. I something about him does not gel with my personality. Yeah, he's like a creepy real estate agent. Yeah, and then when I saw him at the end, I was like, "Oh, you look better disheveled on on the Survivor." I like, yeah, and then yeah. when you're done up, <laughs> Danny and the other previous winner. Her name's not Kelly, was it, or is it Kelly? Uh, I couldn't tell you. Two of the hot MILFs that have had like had a lot of filler and Botox looked so much better when they were on the island than when they put makeup on and they walked in like beaming and all plastic and shiny. And I was like, bitch, island life looks better on you. Yeah. A lot better. Um, so moving back to discussing the beautiful moment where Ben sacrificed himself so that that could be Sarah's move. That was it was truly heroic and like them both crying about it and her being like, Ben, no, Ben. And then like sitting back and accepting it and then mm. being like, I, are you sure? And he was like, yeah, like, oh, it was beautiful. I was I, so yeah. shattered for that, for that reason that Sarah didn't get an opportunity to win. Yeah. I also didn't like Ben the whole season until he did that. I found him, I was indifferent to him. He was a nothing player. He just formed a strong alliance. 
Yeah, I just think that I didn't like him because he was so moody with Jeremy and I have a big crush and Brenton also has a big crush on Jeremy. So whenever they had like weird beef, I was like, what is going on there? Which one's Jeremy, the firefighter? Yeah, sexiest oh. man alive. <laughs> uh, yeah, they did have a weird angsty relationship. Also, how awkward was Wendell and Michelle's relationship and the fact that they were back on together and then when Wendell pointed a question at Michelle at the final tribal, it was weird because he was almost trying to help her. Yes. But I was like, you were a dick the whole time. Absolutely. Um, He was... I was angry at him the whole time. Um, I've watched, I thought it was 37 or 40, but I reckon it's probably closer to maybe 35 or 40 seasons. And mm-hmm. Wendell is the one that I've missed. So he was the only person, I think, in that season that I didn't see win in their original mm-hmm. season. And so I didn't really have much of an opinion of him. But the opinion that I formed was that he was a little bit chauvinistic and a bit of an asshole and that he didn't respect women very well. And then at the end, when he asked, well, he directed the question at Michelle, I sort of like cocked my eyebrow a little bit. And Brenton was like, no, he's being a nice guy. No one else has directed yeah. any questions to her. And I felt exactly the same way. Yeah. I was like, oh, here it comes. And then it came out and I was like, oh, I take it back. <laughs> yeah, I was really shocked by that. And maybe he just got a bad edit. That's one thing I'd like to briefly touch on. I yeah. feel like Survivor America and why I enjoy it so much more than Survivor Australia is – I'm sure that people get represented in a way that they don't like, but I feel like the edits seem more true and more even, whereas they really, like, I haven't seen a massive, like, bitchy popular girl edit of a woman on on Survivor, whereas you really do get that on the Australian one. Yeah, definitely. There are some significant differences and not that this was going to be a topic that we covered, but I do believe that the Australian Survivor game is too well fed, not the challenges aren't respected in the same way and the gameplay isn't respected in the same way that it is in America. And also there are more cutaways with like individual one-to-ones on camera in Australia that builds this like weird dramatization of the story that you're not getting when you're seeing so much group gameplay. Mm -hmm. Like they do so much piece to camera in the Australian survivor, but in the American survivor, they do less piece to camera and more cutaways of people going away and strategizing. Yeah. I find. Yeah. That's yeah. I enjoyed the first season of survivor of Australian survivor, but I found it was on too often. It went too long and it just didn't compare to the American. So I didn't want to waste my time. Yeah, I agree. However, I do like that you see it more often than the American one. Like once a week isn't enough. I need more. But then it becomes a chore. I really love the like looking forward to it. Um, Okay. Should we go into the structure? No. Okay. I've got one more thing to discuss. Oh, okay. Um, How epic and poetic it was that Tony and Sarah had to battle for the place um, to make fire and how the fires kept going up and down and up and down and it was like it was made for tv and then mm. at the end when they embraced and they were like i love you and i love you and cops are us ended and it was great (laughs) yeah the fact that they got to outplay each other was a nice ending to that alliance i thought i was really I was proud of Natalie for choosing to do it that way as well because she could have definitely been like, no, I'd rather take Sarah to the finale because I think that I can beat her over Tony. But instead she she made them play it out for each other and it sort of respected the alliance and it respected the gameplay and also gave them an opportunity. And also I really didn't think that Tony was going to win. 
Yeah, for a moment there I thought that Michelle had it, in, uh, sorry, Sarah had it in the bag. Also, mm. another thing to show that Michelle is a good player is that she's always fucking clutch. And when it came to everyone practicing fire, there's her just going and lighting fire. Yeah, instantly. <laughs> I reckon if the game had played differently and she'd won in the fire challenge, she might have got some cred and she Possibly. might have got more votes. Possibly. Yeah, I think she just needed to be a stronger player earlier on, but then it probably wouldn't have kept her in the game. So, because everyone knew she was a good uh, strategic or like uh, she was, a, she played a good psychological game. So, yeah. I don't know. She was destined to lose. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's, uh, oh let's go into. Yeah. I just love your. I love this season so much. I really loved it. <laughs> It was really good. And I did find that the Australian survivor this season as well was great also because it was watching the people who'd played before. Mm. And there's something so delightful about watching people who've played before rather than a whole new tribe of people who've never played the game. Absolutely. I love a fans versus favorites. I love a game changes. I love a anything like that. Yeah, same. Uh, okay. So what are your favorite uh, outwits in the seasons of survivor that you've seen? So people making like sneaky moves or great great um immunity idol plays like what is something that comes to mind when you think of outwitting um the girls alliance of i don't know the season but it's Sri, poverty yeah amanda i want to say her name was natalie um and it was eric that guy with the like weird curly mullet hair and they convinced him to give um poverty the idol was it parv yeah yeah it was or, yeah and and then voted him out yeah because she already had an idol in her pocket and then convinced him that she didn't have one and then was like i think i really need your idol and he was like okay and then they were like so yeah that was great and i think parv got a lot of the credit for that but i think it was Suri that um initiated it she was a good a good player um that's one of my favorites and then there was also there's just been a couple of um, tribals where there's just been an absolute like immunity riot blowout. I um, wanted to talk about that season thirty four's immunity train. That oh, was, was like that with, the- was that with Ty and Mal? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was Ty, Aubrey, Sarah, and Troyzan. So oh Troyzan. <laughs> so there was five, six people left, right? Mm-hmm. And someone. Someone had already won the immunity challenge. Then Ty was worried, so he got up and played an idol for himself. Then he played an idol for Aubrey. Then Sarah got up and was like, I've got a legacy idol. I'm going to play that. Played hers. Then Troyzan was like, shit, everyone else has played an idol. So now it's down to me and Saree. So mm-hmm. I have to play mine. So he gets up and plays his. And then Saree was the only person left. So Jeff Probst was like, "Yes, uh, you are the only person who isn't protected by an immunity idol. And for what it's worth, not one person wrote your name yes. down in the votes. And she went home. And it was like, wow. That was incredible. And it also is a big moment in Survivor history because she was a really good player and she did not Mm. go out like that, but also it was a really memorable way to go out at the same time. It was truly epic. Yes, Survivor (laughs) Train. Oh, my God, that was really good. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I think there's some good outwits. Yeah. Uh, Have you got any others? No, they were the ones I wrote down. I wanted to go on to Outplay next and I wanted to talk about the uh, mutiny episode or the mutiny challenge or opportunity I guess you would say is that in and that was season does it was it, 
it was Aussie and Yule season and Jonathan and Candace, sneaky Jonathan, decided that they were going to join the other tribe. Um, Jonathan being Perna? Yes, with the hat. Yeah. <laughs> He's one of, so, that, that was a really good season because Yule and Aussie are two of my absolute heartthrobs. Uh, correct. And they had a really strong alliance with Jonathan and Candace, or so they thought. And that had this occurred after the initial tribe swap. So Jonathan and Candace still had an alliance to the other tribe and then decided that they were going to jump ship when given the chance. And it completely threw the Yule and Aussie alliance out of balance. But what great players because weren't they in the final two? Yeah, I think that was the same season that Aussie sent himself to extinction or whatever it was called then. Exile exile so that he wouldn't get voted out but with an opportunity to come and he knew that his gameplay was so strong that he had a good chance of being able to play his way back into the game amazing yeah hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. What's your, your favorite outplay? Uh, I don't know if I've got specific um, examples of outplay, but I did make a list of my favorite um, games challenge yes quests. um oh okay so my favorite um challenge threats i firstly i wanted to have a discussion who do you think is more of a challenge threat malcolm or aussie oh i would say aussie malcolm won a lot but aussie was just so good at everything and like Malcolm won a lot but was that to do with the strength of the the other team members around him when he was playing like if Malcolm and Ozzy went up against each other or did they go up against each other I think they were in the same season what I think happened was I think that Malcolm was on a tribe that kept losing and he was like single-handedly almost winning for his Mm. tribe but because the tribe wasn't winning he, he didn't quite get the cred that he deserved but he was an absolute weapon um, he played on Game Changers and that must have been the, the season he played on with Aussie. But I think Aussie played before that as well and got voted out pretty early on because he was too much of a threat. Yeah. I think Aussie's been three seasons. Oh, has he? Jesus. Yeah. Um, I thought I had a list of my favourite challenge threats. Um, I also, yeah, Aussie, of course. Um, I would like to shout out to the strong women who I'm always so impressed. Pav. Pav, mm-hmm. the, she won the holding your arm above your head challenge yeah. and she did it for six and a half hours. She was such a strong mental player. Yeah, amazing. And also Denise is such 
a boss in challenges. She's, I don't know how she doesn't get voted out. She's mature and a woman, which they're always like vote her out. She's weak, but then she's mm. so strong that she almost gets voted out for being too strong. She did do a great job and she played a really good game try and in the most recent season convincing Sandra to give her her idol. That was incredible. She slayed the queen. Amazing. She did. And she, yeah. yeah, that was a great move. I also just really don't like Sandra. I don't really like how she plays. I feel like she's a bit of a dirty liar and I know with yep. Vibrant it's part of the game and that's her thing. But in terms of famous players in the game, I'm not really a fan of the Russells, the Boston Robs, the Sandras. Me either. I don't like the chauvinistic, like cocky ones. Yeah. And the fact that she always wears a tiara and calls herself the queen. Mm. I know it's like a fun shtick, but I hate it. So when Denise, humble, intelligent, strong woman slayed her and then mm-hmm. Sandra got to the bloody end and was like, mm, I'm not even going to cop the whole yeah, I don't want to do. Broken. I don't want to do Edge of Extinction. She was there for like five hours, and she's like, "You don't need to convince me that this isn't for me. This isn't for me." And like left. I was like, "What kind of a queen are you that you can't even sit around on a beach, you know, and do nothing?" Yeah, that was. She clearly didn't respect the game, which really frustrated me because I was like, "If you really were the queen, and you wanted everyone who has rooted for you to win two seasons, like if that, if you wanted people to listen to your opinion about this season, then you would stay." Yeah. I don't know. It just showed me that she didn't have a lot of integrity. Yep, I agree. But I think she had also been out like literally the season before, potentially. I think they did a Sandra versus Boston Rob like tribe season thing. So I think she mm. like she'd done it too many times and like it was it was the end for her. Mm. I did want to ask you as well, what are your favorite challenges or like least favorite challenges? I wrote down sorry I'll, I asked you the question that you I went to talk over so I wrote that my I think the most terrifying challenge for me to undertake personally would be the ones where you either lie under the bars underwater and have to like <laughs> yes, 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 yes. yeah and have to breathe through bars as the tide rises like what the fuck kind of torture is that I get like I lose my breath watching that. Same. And also in that same vein, I said the ones where they have to dive down to release an object or a boy from like a, they have to release the pegs and then the, the object floats to the surface. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Those two kill me every time. And they're under that giant platform. So it's like yes. my biggest fear would be running out of breath, shooting and, to the surface and, and not being able to get head. out. Yep. Yeah. Um, also it's clearly boy. No, boy. How does boy. Boy. Say it? boy. Boy. <laughs> Um, buoy, 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 says buoy. buoy. <laughs> Grab the buoy. Um, hundred percent. It would be the no air to breathe situation. I mm-hmm. also get foot cramps every time I watch them hold themselves <sighs> up on that a peg. Peg. And Jeremy, for some reason, always seems to do that, and they always zoom in on his poor gigantic <laughs> feet, and it's just like his big toe holding on. And I'm like, oh man, I'd be holding on by my bunions, like. so true yeah I think I would really struggle with the mental strength challenges like where they've got them up on a pole and they just have to hold themselves up by brute force like I could not do that but I think you'd be awesome at them oh I don't um I also miss because they don't do it anymore the um eating gross things challenge I was gonna say that too I miss them as well they're fun to watch absolutely um I think that would, yeah, I don't know. I always, we've talked about this multiple times on the podcast. I like to think about the challenges that I'd be uh, good or bad at and I 
I'd suck at that. What I was thinking when I was going through like the kind of players and the kind of threats that I wanted to mention is mm. there's always that person that's like a moderate physical threat. Like they do okay in challenges, but they're always at the end doing the puzzle. Mm-hmm. And those people are so good. The unsung heroes. Yeah, absolutely. How good was heroes. Michelle? Michelle in the most recent season playing that puzzle that she'd played before and just like was the last person to get to the puzzle by a mile yep. and then came in and blitzed it out of the park and won immunity. Like and then that she was epic. It like she did in the last one. That was so poetic. Um, it was great. There, Sophie was normally quite good at puzzles. Yeah, Sophie was a bit sooky this season. I, I actually over her by the end. didn't realise that Sophie from this season – I didn't really yeah, so watch her season because she yeah because so she was different. brunette she was brunette and a little bit chunkier and she just looked yeah. entirely different yeah she did oh I also wanted to say one of my fave slash least favorite challenges is where they gridlock each other so they're in the water and they have to like like race to get something into a goal or like score mm. and then and it's against the other team they usually put like strong men against strong men and like they have to play player by yes. player I hate those challenges but challenges but also love them because I find them hilarious because of the tactics that they use to convince people it's it's basically a mental game even though it's a physical game like yeah. the amount of times that they've had to strip the other player and then someone like swims to the other side like pantless or shirtless to try yes. and score a goal it's so good Michaela when she's like if I was gonna yes. score a goal I'll get my tartars out well someone's gonna see some tartars <laughs> She was so good. <laughs> and then Jeff's just like, Michaela, stripping. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. I also do really like in the challenges how they have like an obstacle course and they'll have an instructor and there's the person instructing like multiple teams or is it just one-on-one um, to get through the the course and you, mm. it's just really fun to watch because they just walk into shit and like really hurt themselves. Yeah. Like they'll be yeah. like, okay, climb over the wooden thing and you just see them like climbing then just like boom, like fall to the ground <laughs> because they just can't tell where they are in space. Oh, yeah, I'd forgotten that those challenges exist. We haven't yeah. seen one of those in a while. No, they're so good. They're so good. <laughs> um, all right, that's, I feel like that's the outplay section done unless you have another outplay that you'd like to bring up. No, the only thing is I'm looking at the time and if this gets more than four listeners – we have to record another one because I've got so many other things from previous seasons that we need to discuss. Same. Um, okay, my who are your favourite out? So I've got Outlast as the next one, obviously. Who are your favourite players that maybe we haven't mentioned or that you'd like to shout out to and why? Um, I kind of feel weird about Outlast because in the true sense of the word, it's like Outlast has to be like the winner mm. or – or like Natalie, she really outlasted. Like she is the queen of outlast yeah. because she was literally surviving. Um, I wanted to highlight dear friend Cochrane. Oh my god, thank you because that was the end. <laughs> yes. <sighs> <sighs> so Cochrane was the ultimate survivor fan the first time around that he played, and he did not outlast the survivor elements very well. Oh my god. <laughs> Even on the second time he goes back, there's this excellent, like, montage of him being like, oh, I'm so burnt. I'm so burnt. Like, ha And everyone, like, covering him with hats and stuff. And then they cut to camera and he's like, I'm having a good joke, but I'm actually in an extortionate <laughs> amount of pain. <laughs> and 
someone was like, his feet are red and he's like a tomato. His feet are red and swollen like a pregnant woman. Like, <laughs> Yes, oh. he's just like the most sunburnt person I've ever seen. So I feel like he gets outlast for surviving that sunburn and the elements. For sure. Oh. He, also, he yeah. he did win, and I was sad that he didn't come back on this season. I would have liked to have seen him again. Same, but he also sort of had to quit while he was ahead. Um, mm. He was just my absolute favourite um, in the season that he was first on. And then watching the season where he won live and, like, not knowing that he'd won was so good because I don't know. I think you started watching after, didn't I, didn't you? And I told you, yeah. Cochrane's my favourite player. You've got to go and watch these seasons. Yeah. Um, so... I'm so glad I feel so blessed that I was watching up to date at that point because watching him win I feel like you know I watched it happen and it felt so good it brought a tear to everybody's eye when he won and didn't he bring his mum up on stage I think so I don't remember Uh, that much it was beautiful he was in a little suit and it was very cute yeah and the reason why I loved Cochrane's win so much is that he's Social game was good, despite him being sort of cripplingly awkward. He actually mm. won, I think, two immunity challenges. Yeah. Um, which was, <laughs> I think it might have been three. Maybe. One of them was definitely the eating challenge. Yeah. Um, and, and he won one right at the end when it, when it really when counted. When it really mattered, yeah. And mm. then, and then he, he won the game and that was epic. I think mm-hmm. every time someone comes back and wins, like, the second time, it's it's so good. Like, you're cheering for mm. unless it's Sandra, and then I'm booing at the table. <laughs> um, uh, mm? Yeah, I w- I've got this whole list of weirdos that I'd like to discuss, but I think that might need to be saved for another season. Uh, another, 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 season. <laughs> another season. Okay, I have two questions, and one of them was brought on by – uh, one of the interviews that I was watching with Jeff Probst. And first of all, I would just like to say, how hot was Jeff Probst 20 years ago? <laughs> Still so hot. I know he's a little bit, he's a little bit frozen in time, but he's, yeah. he's in, still great. In one of the seasons, someone's like, Jeff, why are you looking at me like that? And he's like, looking at you like what? And she was like, oh, got a funny face on. He was like, is the Botox not working? And I was like, yes, sir. <laughs> no, <laughs> Um so his his sentiment was that his favorite thing about Survivor and the reason that he still loves it and gets excited about every season is this this thought bubble that when you're playing Survivor it's almost like you're all children again and your morals don't exist and you need to consider the question how would you persuade someone to do what you needed them to do if there were no limits of morality? Mm. And obviously there is a certain extreme, like obviously they're not killing each other to get what they need to get out of this game. But really people lie, cheat and steal and will do everything that they can to win, which is what makes Survivor so exciting. And I would like to know what sort of gameplay would you play to persuade someone that you should win? (sighs) I like to think that I would pull the loyal card, but I know that mm. that never wins. I think the game that I would play is uh, I'd be like the second-hand man to someone that's pulling bigger moves and then mm. I'd probably be the jerk that's like, I'm sorry, I really didn't want to do this, and I'd probably try and win the jury over. Like you'd pull the trigger on your first-hand man that you were doing all the dirty work for right at the end. Yeah, and I reckon that I would be like blind, like I'd be blindsiding people, but I'd be trying to. I think I'd feel guilty, like I have massive amounts of guilt, so I feel like mm. I would be 
Did you watch the season with Angelina? Angelica or whatever her name was? Uh, probably. She was fucked. She was kind of, she was really annoying and she was an absolute train wreck to watch. And in one um, tribal, someone gets voted out and she stands up and she's like, can I have your coat? Can I have your coat? And it's really awkward and embarrassing to watch, but I feel like that might be me. I'd be the one that's like (laughs) trying to be friends with the people that I just voted out. (laughs) Oh dear. That's not an aspirational way to play the game. No, it's not. But I just don't think I'm ballsy enough to pull the big play. I don't know. I know that I'm not mentally strong enough. So it's actually hard for me to even envision what kind of player I'd be. What player would you be like? I think that I'd probably play a game similar to Michelle. Like I'd like to think that I would be a good social player who people didn't really hate but like I was friendly enough a good enough time that people kept me around and I was playing like a strong strategic game in the background that just kind of kept me going through because I don't think I would be a particularly strong challenge beast by any way shape or form no me either absolutely not because I'm not physically strong and I'm not mentally strong oh I disagree I think you are but anyway Mm. uh, I'm also keen to understand how would you wear your buff? Because I think how someone wears a buff says a lot about them. Oh, well, I know how I'd wear my buff 100% and it would be the boob tube buff. <laughs> I knew you'd wear a boob tube buff. I see you as a boob tube buff well, kind of gal. what's the benefit of having the world's skinniest narrow back and small boobs if you can't wear a boob tube buff? That's a really great point. I don't think I could get away with a boob tube buff. <laughs> you'd be nipped <laughs> out everywhere. You'd be <laughs> Michaela in that challenge. <laughs> for sure I think I would wear my buff as a headband because my hair would be out of control mm. yep mm. fair um, also I look okay in a hat so therefore uh, I think that I could pull off the headband buff lucky you my temples are too small for that it'd slide straight off <laughs> it actually would it's elasticated but your head would still be too narrow <laughs> exactly. um, can we finish this by just listing our favorite um, survivor crushes Oh, I didn't really write down my favourite Survivor crushes, damn it. But Malcolm's definitely up there. Malcolm's on there. Aussie's on there. Yep. Um, Yule is on there. Yule. <laughs> Thank you. God, we've got the same type. Jeremy is on there because... <sighs> Jeremy's not really my type, but that's okay. I can see the, I can see the appeal. He's a fireman for sure. He's a f- strong, sexy, really broad <laughs> black fireman. He couldn't be more my type. And... <laughs> Um, Woo, do you remember Woo? I absolutely totally forgot about Woo and then I saw his season and I was foaming at the mouth. I did not find Woo attractive at all, but I know that you have an Asian type that you oh that you God. love. Woo is like Yule, but younger and sexier. And the only thing that sucked about Woo was that he was like, yeah, dude, like Cali. <laughs> he had like a, Yuck. He sounded like he was on rocket power. Um, but Woo was fucking hot and then there was also joe on worlds apart who was like a baby-faced curly-haired malcolm Aussie type who was just beautiful i don't remember him but he sounds beautiful he was you he'd be he'd be on there for you i can guarantee it the the good thing the good thing watching back on the old seasons is looking at the people who you thought were hot when you watch them originally and then you watch it now and you're like, ew, you're so dirty early 2000s. Like there's nothing cute about your look anymore. Yeah, so true. It is Aussie. And also a lot of them didn't age well. Like they were cute jocks or like, you know, sporty dudes who like grew up and got a bit of a gut and then it was like, oh. 100%. Whereas Yule, on the other hand, has aged like a Like a fine wine. (laughs) Yes. And that is why... Asian persuasion is good because they just don't crack. 
It's so true. Also, I think that Ethan on the current <gasps> season aged quite well too. I didn't find him yes. to be yes, particularly attractive. Mm, I didn't find him to be a particularly attractive the first time around. He was all right. But then, like, he, he got good as he got old. Yeah, I, yeah, I think he went from meh to, like, ooh, good yeah. hot older man. Yes, cancer aged him well. <laughs> <laughs> and let's uh, do that note. <laughs> <laughs> no, is there anything else we need to add? No. What I would haven't... you like to see in a future season of Survivor? Because I have something I would like to see. Ooh, um, more Cochrane. Um, I'd like to see how the fire tokens could work without the edge of extinction. I don't like mm-hmm. the edge of extinction. Um, I'd like to see more. Oh, I don't know if I love that, but I'd like to see more of that um, idols being hidden, like in challenges. Yeah, yeah. There's not. There was a lot do, of that in Australian Survivor, but not a lot um, in American. Or when they have to do those ridiculous challenge, like um, like creep into their camp in the night and get stuff like that's that's sometimes fun and they are they fun. haven't done it for a while but a fans versus favorites where you get the half new half old is good mm-hmm. and they did do that one um family episode the family season which i loved which tyson was in um yeah and that and, and that natalie. was natalie's yeah yep and that i loved and i just wanted to rectify something that i haven't mentioned this season which is that i love tyson with all of my being oh he was great and also how wonderful was it seeing his family love because you've seen his wife in future um or past seasons um I've just he's been my favorite in every season and when he won I was so glad and then when he came back I was so glad I love him he's a perfect like he's good in social game he's funny he's like weird and quirky he seems like a lovely dad he was a he's a gentle man I appreciate that in him and he's a challenge beast Yes, I would like to to say that if Survivor could could only get any better for me in future seasons by shaking it up with more extreme conditions. I feel like they've been in the South Pacific Islands, they've been in Fiji, they've done that area a lot recently Mm. and I would truly like it if they could do something like Survivor Extreme and do it in Antarctica and give them like, you know, give them the necessary things that they need to survive. They can all have the puffy jackets if that's what they need, but I would like to see them battle extreme elements. Mm, that's fun. I was actually discussing with um, someone on Instagram today. She's watching the early seasons and she was telling me like um, they used to just like really be close to passing out and they didn't get their flint until they won a challenge and they, they yeah. really used to have to work really hard for stuff. And these days they're fed they're, they're quite well fed and they get a lot of things. So I would like them to lose their creature comforts a little bit more. You also don't see so them I. walking to survival, um, to tribal council anymore. They don't have to trek. They like get little buggies. So I'd like that. Do they? Yeah. Ah, that annoys me. I agree. And I, they also used to have to fight for, you're right, the creature comforts. Like this season they had fucking painting. Like what? Yeah. Like they used to have to fight for their, uh, their equipment and their supplies to even – make camp and they haven't had to do that for a while yeah 100 percent. it's given away too easily like it's like oh one one team will get it one week before the other but you're both gonna have it by week three yeah, like i feel yeah um yeah. let's wrap that up there if anyone would like to request another survivor episode it would contain things like the weirdos like denise probably more cochran talk i would talk about my love for ty and mark the chicken I would definitely oh. discuss the, the, some alliances, some of our favourite pairings. 
Uh, Can we talk about Shouty Debbie? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Debbie, who is a gymnast and also a chemist and also a dancer, trainer. <laughs> personal trainer, and a gymnast, and she loves to shout. Oh my god! Okay, we have we let us know another one. Uh, Brunton and Adrian might join, and we will talk to you uh, as usual. When do we talk to them? Monday. On Monday. <laughs> All right, goodbye, everyone. We hope you enjoyed, or maybe you didn't. Maybe there's only five of you. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.